Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome to You Decide 2023, the race for Jacksonville mayor. This is a special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News on 104.5 WOKV. Live from the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio, here's Rich Jones and April Davis. Well, we have now flipped the calendar now to March 1st, which means we are into election season in Jacksonville and Duval County. Yes, we did just have the midterm elections in November and the August primary, but in Jacksonville and in Duval County, we are into election season. The first unitary election comes up March 21st. Early voting begins on March 6th. We welcome you into the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio. Rich Jones alongside April Davis once again as we sit down and work to bring you close to every one of the mayoral candidates who are running in this first election. If no one candidate gets 50% plus one, then we head to the uh, May 16th runoff. But, April, uh, our goal here over the next several days is to complete the mission of continuing our spotlight conversations focused on the big themes that are going to be driving voters to the polls, crime, education, development, communities, and more. And this is really a good chance for us to get to know what makes each of the candidates tick. Yes, we want a nice, calm atmosphere where we can actually let you speak and have your say. And everyone can hear from all the candidates and give you a little bit more than a five-second soundbite. So happy to have you here, oh, Omega Allen. Thank you for having me. And uh, just a short introduction. You're a Jacksonville native. I love that you went to William M. Raines High School. I did. And uh, got your MBA from Jacksonville University. And I have to confirm if you're still working on your PhD. Oh, no, I am a PhD. You have your PhD. Have Congratulations. It, yeah. And that's actually um, in public administration and municipal government, right? Yes. Wow. Yes. So that kind of applies to our situation here today that we're talking about, running for mayor. And then um, we were just talking about her children and making sure she had her phone silenced. Um, she has four children, so you know how that goes. It could. Yeah, mine's sitting over here, so if it goes <laughs> off, watch out. I'm Our sorry. phones could ring any minute. And uh, no party affiliation. You're the only candidate running with no party affiliation, Omega. And but you have run for mayor before, so I kind of want to start with uh, that. Uh, how does this time? How is this time different than the times you've run before? Well, I'm running again because nothing has changed and if nothing changes nothing changes and i i believe that that's where we are in jacksonville right now um the difference this time is having done it before i do have name recognition and um i'm singing the same song that i've been singing for eight years because nothing has changed in jacksonville we have we're facing the same issues that we've actually faced for decades and it's time for that to change it's time it's our time for the people of jacksonville to experience change and when you say they haven't changed what is your priority what is the biggest issue that has not changed and you want to make change you know there's some april there are so many things that we have because nothing's changed all of them are priority we have um our infrastructure priorities. We have our, our crime rate priority, although crime is not a mayoral function. It is um, 
something that I can support the sheriff's office and helping them to get, you know, being the liaison between the people and the, and the sheriff, speaking for the people on their behalf to the sheriff is what we're hearing and, and that sort of thing. And so I just think that there are so many things. We've got areas that have been neglected over the years and nothing has, ha has changed there. There have been promises made that have not been fulfilled. So there are just a, a myriad of things that, that need to happen. Having change, Omega, also comes with prioritizing and prioritizing spending and prioritizing the budget. And whomever is in the role of Jacksonville mayor going forward is going to have to hit the ground running with a budget. Are you already developing that on paper? And what are you prioritizing in terms of either new spending or increasing spending to try to drive some of the changes that you're looking for? Well, the very first thing that, that I, to answer your question, yes, I have, um, I don't, while I don't have it on paper, I have been pulling together a, my team of some of the best minds in Jacksonville on, um, on the subject. And the, the very first thing you have to do is what's called rebudgeting. That's looking at the budget again as to where it is. And you do rebudgeting throughout the year to make sure that wherever you have allocated funds, um, that they are doing what they were designed to do. If they are not, then you reallocate those to areas that, that need the, the assistance. So um, until I can grab a hold to the budget and look at where everything is, reevaluate what's going well and what's not, I believe that's my very first thing to do with the budget, and I'm prepared to hit the ground running with that. And you talked a little bit about crime and, and your relationship with the sheriff and, and how that would have to go. I'm curious if you think more money needs to go to the sheriff's department and, or if they need more staffing, if they need any kind of changes. Because, as you know, uh, you say things haven't changed. There's definitely gun crime in Jacksonville and across the country, as we know, and it's, it's increasing. So how, how would you change, if make any changes, to JSO? Well, the changes in JSO would have to be just as with the, the city. Let's look at the budget. Let's look at how you're allocating your funds. Of course, I don't believe that we need to cut funding, but we may need to look at reallocating where the dollars are being spent to make sure we're getting the best bang for our buck because the national stats say that I think we're supposed to, supposed to have um, two point something, whatever the numbers are for how many police officers we're supposed to have per person, we don't have it. We're behind the, the curve on that. So we do need more police, but I believe that um, community policing is very important. I believe that when you have relationship, everything's based on relationship. And when you have, when officers have relationships with the people that they are assigned to, that's your regular beat, as they used to call in New York. New York, they were beat cops, you know. So when you do that, it's easier, in my opinion, to, to service someone that you know. It's easier to, to want to put your life on the line for somebody that you actually know. It's easier to, to back off when you need to back off because you are aware that, say, there is a mental health issue where this person may be aggressive at the time but not really dangerous. But if you don't know that and all you see is the aggression, you come in, officers come in, guns blazing, and someone has lost their lives when all they needed to do was approach it differently. You know, one of the interesting 
challenges that we face as a community, and we're talking with Omega Allen live in the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio if you're just checking in on this special spotlight edition of Jacksonville's Morning News as we're hearing from all of the candidates for Jacksonville mayor. You know, we hear about the average age, the median age of people moving to Jacksonville, and you're looking at two people who moved here for work in their 30s moved here for work and moved here for an opportunity. And we see young and youth driving some of that. And yet the challenge that the sheriff's office has faced is filling roles to the point where there are so many officer positions that are unfilled because maybe there's a lack of talent. How can a mayor drive that issue forward to try to attract more talented officers for community policing and the kind of agency that you can envision if you are to be the next mayor? Well, attracting officers simply means that you're attracting people. And to do that, you've got to have what's necessary for people to feel like they are, um, one, welcome, and then there is something for them here. I think the, the sheriff's office has to offer the kind of training that's going to keep them, the kind of salaries that, are, that will keep them, because it is my understanding that right now our officers come in and they receive training here and then they move on to a, another department in another city, and that's a loss for us. We've spent money um, cultivating someone for another county or another city, and um, so I think that as mayor I can do my part to make sure that economic development is happening in Jacksonville. The downtown is being developed because the, the people, the young people coming in, they have to have an outlet, particularly if you are in a stressful situation like being a police officer. You know, we've got to have, and a viable downtown has to have um, certain elements, and they are um, recreation, you know, entertainment. It's got to be retail, and you've got to have reliable transportation. And if you bring that downtown, that actually can put your police officers closer to, to the job source. And, of course, the jail is right <laughs> in the middle of everything. Do you think that building itself needs to be moved? What should we do with JSOs? I think we need to rethink how we use our prime real estate Um I'm not sure what the thought process was to put the river, put the, the jail on the river. I would not be opposed to, to having it move because I think there's so much more we can do to have a vibrant downtown. And those are long-term visions. Would you anticipate something like that happening or advocating for that in your first year? Or is that a larger uh, project that could take multiple years into an Omega Allen administration, perhaps? It could take, I'd have to look at where we are. We'd have to identify land sources, that sort of thing. But I'm, I'm an expert in participatory government. I believe that the people should have a say-so in, in the decision-making processes that govern our lives. And I would, want to, I would not just say, okay, we're going to put it here. We're going to, put, going to put it there. I believe that once we come to some sort of um, preliminary understanding of what, where it would fit best, then we put it to the, to the citizens of Jacksonville, get their input, and find out, because no one person has all of the answers, and anybody going into office who wants to give you the impression that they do have all of the answers, they're, they're fooling themselves. We, I want to hit one more downtown development question before we have to take a break mm -hmm. as uh, we're into our Spotlight Series with Omega Allen. Our mayoral Spotlight Series continues in the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio. There's a lot of development that is in the midst of development downtown. 
from the prospective Four Seasons or whatever may ultimately go right at the shipyard's property to deeper down the old side of the landing, the, uh, the, the new park space. Is there one that you would prioritize and maybe accelerate spending on should you be elected and take over come this summer that we can see move even faster or accelerate? Well, those, those elements have got to be looked at. The elements I was talking about have got to be looked at simultaneously. You've got to have residential, and they're doing pretty good on bringing the, the residential um, portion there. You've got to have reliable transportation, not so much right now. You've got to have um, entertainment. You've got to have these things, you know, and you've got to have retail. Without those elements, downtown is, is, is going to continue to suffer. We'll also dive deeper into neighborhoods and neighborhood issues and questions and concerns in our next uh, segment as we have an opportunity to hear directly from the candidates who are running to be Jacksonville's next mayor. Remember that early voting begins Monday, March 6th. Election day is March 21st. We're visiting with Omega Allen live in the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio. And our Spotlight series on the race for Jacksonville mayor continues after a short break on 104.5 WOKV. Back to more of You Decide 2023, the race for Jacksonville mayor. Our special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News continues on 104.5 WOKV. Let's return to the Farah and Farah Performance Studio. Here's Rich Jones and April Davis. And we're so thankful that each of the candidates has been able to find time in their busy schedule. And of course, when you're running a mayoral campaign in a city this big, you're out and you're out a lot and we've had the opportunity so far to hear from every one of the candidates and the remainder of this week april we'll have the chance to hear from the remaining candidates we're visiting with omega allen who's run for mayor twice before in 2019 and also in 2015 on a lot of big issues we last left the segment uh, last half a uh, few minutes ago about crime about infrastructure about investment in downtown but i know neighborhoods are a huge issue in jacksonville as well as big as this city is and some neighborhoods that may not have seen all the investment that maybe they've expected for years. Right, and I'm very interested to hear your answer about this, Omega, because you just recently got your PhD in municipal government. But I'm curious about specific areas that you might want to see improvement in considering blight and just everyday issues like road improvements and mowing and right-of-way. Any specific areas you think need that most? Well, as you know, April, we have um, neglected North, we've, been, we've neglected every area in Jacksonville except South, South Jacksonville. My plan is to break the city into the four areas and every year find what the people of that area feel is the most pressing issue. You know, we say septic tanks. Well, you know, there are new developments that have septic tanks and by choice you know, or, or by location, not having city um, sewer in that area. So, but those are not failing. I think we need to, to make sure that we say failing units because everybody is not trying to get rid of their septic tanks. So it's about finding out what's important to the people in the area. So every year I take one section, one area that is um, a concern and we use the tax dollars, that's another issue. We have got to start using the tax dollars that are generated in that area for that area and then use state and federal funds to, to accompany those funds to make sure that we are able to solve the issues that, that are there. And as you know, say the tax, um, the gas tax for instance, um, if gas, not if, gas is higher in North Jacksonville than it is in other areas. So the people in North Jacksonville are actually paying a larger, a larger part, a larger portion of the pie, but we're not getting the larger portion as it relates to the investment in that area. So 
Um, I think in some areas, even in the north side, the, there will be people who will say we need to get rid of the septic tanks because they become toxic to the, to the land around. Absolutely do that. And, um, but while I'm doing that, I won't be neglecting the others. Just like a mother, um, you, you take care of the needs of every child without neglecting the others, but you pay attention. You know, if there's a cut here, then you got to deal with the cut. But that doesn't mean the others don't eat because you're, you're bandaging up the, the cut. So then that's the way you look at, at city government, letting people have the, the, the say-so as to how their dollars are to be spent because we cannot forget that it is indeed their dollars. You're a mother of four and you, you mentioned the four quadrants of the city. Do you prioritize one though based on need right now and in year one where maybe there's a little bit more spending? You referenced Northside a few times. Would you prioritize Northside then? Absolutely. Absolutely, Northside. Um, we would start there. And uh, like I said, the biggest thing is making sure that we use the dollars from that area in that area because right now the people of, of Jacksonville, what I'm hearing is, well, our tax dollars are being sent to South Jacksonville and they're developing things like the town center and all of that. And for, um, so we don't have any economic development. You know, to go shopping at a quality store, I'm up in Ocean Way. I have to travel. 20, 30 minutes to get to the town center just to, to go to a, a, a good store, say to buy a suit or something, you know, so, and that should not be. So I want to see, I will court entities bringing them into our area to bring um, economic development to, to the north side so that we can talk about having jobs that when you create high wage paying jobs, they can't be 30 minutes away. They need to be closer to where the, the workforce is. And obviously a lot of talk about JEA these days, some criminal charges pending in a case for the former CEO and CFO. I'm curious, uh, we've talked to other candidates about the private privatization of JEA and how that is a possibility still. And uh, that money coming in from that is obviously huge for the city as it's owned by the people at this point. So would you ever support privatization of JEA? I'm a businesswoman and I have two business degrees. And that's how you have to look at it. It's a matter of business. The bottom line is the, the final say-so would be the people of Jacksonville, not my administration. My job as mayor would be to get all of the information and disseminate the true information, disclose full disclosure to the people of Jacksonville. Because if you look at public um, utilities, they are a monopoly. And if you study public utilities, you recognize that in some instances, they will actually take advantage of the people that they're serving because there is no recourse. So if there is, and I always call it a godfather deal, if there's a deal that is going to be so good for the people of Jacksonville, I'm not talking about some backroom deal that makes it look like it, but if, there is, if it's really what's best for the people of Jacksonville, I disclose that to them. We, we have our meetings about it, we being the, the people of Jacksonville and my administration, and we find that it's the best thing for us, for the people, because I pay lights just like everybody else, regardless to what my, my office will be. You know, If it's best for us, then we decide to go for it. But never would I try to force anything on the people of Jacksonville. We have seen just uh, this week, uh, just yesterday, JEA increasing the base rate, base charge. We have also seen base rates on other things for uh, uh, trash and recycling that maybe haven't always kept up. 
how do you go about changing that in year one or in the coming years of an Omega Allen administration, perhaps, uh, in the event that you are elected, can you immediately accelerate or is it an incremental increase in these kinds of areas, similar to what we just saw JEA do, understanding JEA is its own separate board and entity? You know, it's always always about the data. You've got to let the numbers speak for themselves. Once I look at it, and, and it doesn't take a long time, you've got to look at where we are, how we got here, because you've got to know the past in order to prevent, if it's not good, to prevent it from reoccurring. So to say that I would jump right in and make a change, I would jump right in and check it all out, find out exactly what's happening, and make changes as, as the, the data dictates. And we got to talk about the Jaguars, right? We got to talk, go Jags. They had a great season. They did. And so everybody wants to know, okay, what's going on with the stadium? Would you extend the lease? Do you have any sort of thoughts about what the future of the Jags should be here in Jacksonville? You're going to hear, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's always about the data. It's always about knowing where we stand, honestly, where we stand. Um, you know, there are rumors that we don't get anything. We don't get, we the city don't get the concessions. We don't get the parking. We don't get this, that, and the other. We have to look at negotiating so that the, the city actually benefits. We've got to make sure that we're not just cashing out, you know, throwing out everything and, and putting out all of the money and not getting anything back. We've got to know what the return on our investment actually is, and that's how we should make our decisions. That's how you make good decisions. And making a decision is why we wanted to bring in every one of the candidates for the Spotlight Conversation so that you, the voter, are as informed as you can be or choose to be ultimately in making this really important decision for the future of Jacksonville. Yes, there are 19 council members, and many are up for re-election or election this year, but there's also one mayor in a city this large, and we do appreciate and value the time and uh, the opportunity to speak with each of the candidates who are running to be the next mayor. Meg Allen, best of luck to you. Thank, Thank you for coming in today. We Thank you so much it. for having me. Thanks for your time and attention here in the Fair and Fair Performance Studio. Our Spotlight Series continues tomorrow and Friday on Jacksonville's Morning News. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.